Hello, and welcome to another episode of Flying High with Flutter. I'm your host, Alan Wyma. Before we start our episode, I want to just give a quick uh, shout out to you guys that this podcast is brought to you by Plangora, which is my consulting company, where we consult on Elixir, Rust, and of course, Flutter. So if you guys have any needs in any of those technologies or just want to have a chat about any kind of possible things you want to do technology-wise, feel free to go ahead and reach out to us. Just go to our website, www.plangora, P-L-A-N-G-O-R-A.com, and we'll be sure to help you out over there. So now back to the show. We have a very special guest. I believe it's, I forgot to ask you how to pronounce your name. I believe it's Walid uh, Arshad. Is that correct? So that is correct. So he is a software developer, and I believe you're also a GDE for Flutter. And uh, you just wrote a book, and uh, I'll go ahead and be front and uh, tell you guys directly. The book that he wrote is exactly the book that I was actually looking to write myself. And I was just talking to him about it before that he he stole my idea. Um, I'm not very happy about that, but I'm also happy that it is validated that my idea was going to be okay. Um, but yeah, anyways, I think it's still good to have this book out there and maybe I'll still work on mine and, uh, you know, maybe you can help me review it since you already did the similar one. Um, but in any case, yeah, your book is all about, uh, uh sorry, the name is, uh, managing state in flutter pragmatically. And, uh, I believe the idea is just basically kind of, uh, how, yeah, how to manage state within flutter, which is always like a hot topic, right? It's basically the hottest and most controversial topic in flutter for some weird reason. So uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself quickly, and then uh, we can get started into some other questions. Go ahead. Hello, everyone. This is Walid, and I'm from Pakistan. Uh, I'm probably the first person in, in my country to become a Google developer expert in Flutter. So I was, I've been working in Flutter since, you know, it was in beta and uh, working with different sort of applications uh, here in Pakistan with local clients, with foreign clients as well. Uh, I am also uh, leading uh, Flutter Karachi. Flutter Karachi is specifically a community for Flutter here in Pakistan, which is uh, which is actually endorsed and supported by Google itself. So we are, you know, registered sort of registered stuff. So we do events here. We educate developers and stuff like that. Apart from this, I am working in a blockchain-based company in the US uh, remotely, and uh, we, you know, work on creating mobile apps for blockchain uh, in Flutter. So we have a product and we, you know, we maintain it. So I, previously I was working with, with traditional banks to create their mobile apps, simple front-end development. So I've been working in mobile apps since last, you know, six years. You know, right after my graduation, I I went into mobile development for, from Xamarin then to Flutter. So I have been experiencing uh, Xamarin as well for almost around two years and then you know we shifted to Flutter so uh, apart from that I'm also uh, a visiting faculty at, at IBA which is you know one of the top universities in Pakistan uh, I just joined them and I'm teaching Flutter to the undergrad students so I hope you know students turn out to be good developers so that's that's a little bit about me I just wrote um, a book on uh, state management so that's uh, that's a sort of a recipe book where you can find different sorts of state management techniques compiled into a single book and uh, a little intro about them and then creating uh, creating uh, different sort of use cases using every technique so that you can you know uh, actually differentiate what you know in what cases what technique should be used so you know the whole prime idea of this book was to let developers know that there is no one best state management technique it can vary and you need to know your product first and then you know you need to see what state management you should use so that was the whole idea behind the book that that was the uh, basic crux of the book uh, so i have been you know uh, writing it for the last six months and uh, it took around you know six to seven months to get it out so that's that's pretty much it about me and, uh, you know, uh, let, let's have some more questions from you. Yeah, sure. Actually, I found it interesting. So you're teaching uh, Flutter in, in a school, right? In university? Yes. So let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Are you, did you, are you like making double money now because of this? Because basically you can require everybody buy your book and you use this book as your teaching material. So you're making, making money two ways now? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> 
I I didn't ask my students to buy the book. I I referred the book, but actually the book is a little bit for those like this. This comes to a very good question that who the who the book is for actually. So the book is for people who already have learned Flutter already, and they are working with with different sort of apps in Flutter. They have you know consumed APIs, you know integrated Firebase stuff like that. They they already know Flutter. but now they want to get into some advanced topics and you know learn proper architectural state management stuff so that this book is specifically for them uh, so i don't think that students who are you know undergrad and they don't they actually know nothing about flutter it it won't be a very beneficial book for them but i still you know refer them i don't you know impose a buying criteria for the book so you no know, i'm not earning double for that now the reason i said it's because like in us at least The um one of the most expensive things about school is just the books itself. Like if if you you know whatever book the teacher requires, you have to get it, and you you can get the second you know you can get a secondhand one which is significantly cheaper. But sometimes people just want a brand new one. Um, but they say that you should probably go for a secondhand because secondhand maybe the guy actually underlined a lot of the important pieces in the book, and you have your notes prepared. But uh, yeah, it you know that's why I was just making a quick joke about that because you know. Maybe you say this book is uh, you have to have it for class. I don't know. Um, so what? What actually? How are you actually teaching class though? Because yeah, I mean, usually when you have a university class, you usually actually do have a book. Are you like just telling people just go to the documentation and read it over there, or or, or you know how do you uh, actually teach this? Yeah. So so this is you know this is something very new for the university as well, for the other teachers as well, for the students as well, and for me as well because. uh till now i have been giving you know talks at different conferences i just self letter i just code in front of them i just tell them look look how cool it is and you know go and try it at home but this is a this is a complete full fully fledged course so this was something different so what i am doing right now is i am trying to give direction to the students actually so what i am trying to do is i am trying to tell them that there is this thing called flutter it is existing in the market and you know why it's important and how to learn it and then you know giving them all the basic techniques of of creating a flutter app and then integrating things into that creating the ui all the basic stuff and then you know giving them assignments and all the projects that they can you know themselves go to the documentation and learn it and you know create things from that so basically it's it's giving direction to the students that see this is something that is there and you should learn it and you should learn it because it's important and then you know uh telling them like i have done a lot of basic classes as well so i have just uh i i do it in the lab so people have their pcs their computers in front of them and they code with me so i you know since we have a lot of classes so i i you know take them by hand so i code in front of them i let them code and then they get some practice on it and then i give assignments so this is how you know we are going for now let's see you know how it turns out if if it's good then i'll continue otherwise you know i'll i'll go for another strategy maybe okay um like let's kind of go roll back a little bit right uh why did you actually get into flutter to begin with you know what what were you doing before that uh yeah like i said i was uh, working in in a financial you know financial uh, company which is called tps so tps is transaction processing system so it's it's an abbreviation for that and what it does it creates solutions for banks so the atm transactions the you know fund transfers all the logic that you know they write here for banks in pakistan so i was working in that company and you know i was working there in a mobile team actually so we were working on xamarin at first uh, which was you know which was the technology at that time and we were we were quite okay with that since you know however it was very problematic at that time as well but you know it was good and it was uh, creating Uh, apps and we were we were good with that but then you know uh, suddenly flutter came out flutter came out in the beta version google announced it some conferences you know started happening and we see we started seeing that you know people are starting to use flutter and market flutter then me and my boss my boss told me that he, hey this is something that we should try and this is something new then we started you know creating uh ui on flutter on on our basis like on at home studying it uh creating some things learning flutter by documentation me and my boss and and our team all all of us then what happened that we thought we thought that we should you know actually pitch this to our company like 
uh, ask our company to switch the whole technology stack to Flutter. For that, what we did, we started uh, coding uh, our company's product mobile app on Flutter at home. Like we 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 did this uh, separately outside of office hours. So what we did is we tried to create the whole UI on Flutter uh, in a very less amount of time, and then we told our company's management, "See, this is the what this is what we have done in one month. The whole UI is you know ready uh, with everything. You just need to integrate the APIs." So that's how you know they. They were intrigued by by the whole power of Flutter, and then we said we told them that it's cross-platform. You know, it's going to support a multiple platforms in the future as well. So this is how we we came up, and this was all before production. So you know, Flutter was pretty good and beta version as well. We we tried to you know create the whole application, a financial application on 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 you know on the go. So this was really cool. So this is how you know we got into Flutter, then company adopted it, and we moved on with that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I really like that term cross-platform. I I like to prefer the term multi-platform because cross-platform. I mean, you and I have been developing for a while, right? I would say Xamarin's more cross-platform, or, or sorry, maybe you could say something more like React Native, where you have like this JavaScript piece in the middle. You know, you kind of give up something rather than uh, with Flutter, you actually compile down a native code. You don't you're not shipping a, a VM in between to kind of make it cross-platform. Um, do Do you also agree? Yeah, so uh, what I call Flutter is like since we in the developer market, a cross-platform is the buzzword. So what I did was in order to uh, in order to adjust, I I named it as literal cross-platform. So it's literally cross-platform, like it's it's all over the platform. So what I did was this. Otherwise, yeah, it it should be multi-platform. We we should call it multi-platform. Yeah, definitely. That's that's the, that's the term I go for. I I remember I've seen that term recently. Within the last six months or so, um, okay. So you, you built the app, and business basically came back and said, "Okay, this is this is great. You should continue on this route, right?" Yes. Okay. All right. So then, but then, how do you actually transition the team, right? That you guys went from Xamarin to to Flutter. I mean, there's there's it's still going to have a cost to it to to make a change, right? Uh, so what what we did was like we didn't we didn't uh, actually got the company's time for shifting it we we did it for the community so basically we started a community out of that so our whole team was a part of the community we started learning it ourselves not because you know our company wanted to transition but because we wanted to learn it so automatically our whole team you know became good at flutter after some time and uh, then you know automatically the, the team was already transitioned to flutter because they they learned it with with the community so we didn't completely shift to Flutter, but the company said that you should now create new projects on Flutter. So whatever the previous ones were there, we used to maintain it on Xamarin. And since we were very good with Xamarin, so it took less time to maintain all the previous project. And you know, and obviously then the company also saw uh, that uh, there is less effort, less developer effort, less cost, less time. So everything in terms of cost was down with Xamarin. With uh, Flutter, so you know they they understood that as well. Okay, um, and then so I'm just trying to think. So you got into Flutter, and then you went kind of really into it, I suppose, right? Because you became GDE. Like, you know, what what was your process? That I mean, first you start with. Hmm, I'm just trying to think about. I don't know if I had. I don't think I can have a perfect question to ask this kind of question, but it's like you know, how do you go from a user of Flutter to now a promoter of using Flutter? Okay, so for this, I always tell people that I didn't get, I didn't go for a GDE. The GDE thing came to me. So this is what happened with me. So what, what I did was like, I, the, the real motivation was whenever I went into a problem, like before, before using Flutter, this is before using Flutter. Whenever I went into a problem, I used to Google stuff and I used to see articles written by people, Stack Overflow, Medium. And, you know, they used to solve big problems within minutes because somebody else has done that already. This motivated me to write articles for problems that I spent days on so that other people should not spend days on. This was the initial motivation. Then I started writing articles for Xamarin as well, so for Flutter as well. And then I started, you know, helping the community. This was actually building up my profile for GD. I didn't know that. Like I didn't know that I'm building a profile for GD, but GD actually wanted this. Like uh, the Google Developer Expert 
criteria is that you need to create an impact in the community using talks, using articles, using GitHub, GitHub contributions, whatever you can. So this was what I was doing since, since, you know, a couple of years. So I gave talks as well to developers. I gave sessions as well, free of cost, you know, all for the community. So this is how, you know, then in my home city, there was a, there was an event in my home city and somebody from the GDG group, like the Google developer group came into my city and, you know, his name is Josefa. So he's, he's really a cool guy. He came to my city. He said, we have, we are having a Google IO in your city and somebody recommended you for a Flutter talk. So would you like to give a talk? I said, of course. Then I gave a talk there and then he learned about me and he said that you should be a JDE because you are already prepared for that. So then I asked him, you know, why, what, what is a JDE? I, I didn't know that, you know, he explained me everything. Then he forwarded it, forwarded my profile to the Google's regional head of that time, which was Saad Hamid. And, you know, then Saad approached me and he said that, you know, you are fit for the GDE profile. You should apply for it. I said, okay, whatever you say, like, I, I don't know what's the process. Just tell me what to do. I'll do it. So he just told me, he just let me fill, fill all the forms. He guided me what to write in the forms, how to give interviews. Then, you know, uh, interviews happened and then, you know, I became a GD. So I always tell people that, I always tell people that the initial motivation of becoming a Google developer expert should not be becoming a Google developer expert. It should be uh, serving the community. So, you know, if you go for serving the community, you automatically get what you deserve. So, you know, it, it's no point running behind GD because it's all the same. Like whatever I'm doing, whatever I was doing before becoming a GD, I'm doing exactly the same thing after becoming a GD. So it's not host. It's not a privilege. It's just a tag by Google and which says that, oh, you are working for the community here. Here's your tag. And now you are an authentic person. So you, whatever you tell people, they'll, you know, they'll listen to you because we are at your back. So this is what happened. Okay. Um, I'm actually kind of curious, like what kinds of talks were you giving? Was it just like introducing Flutter to people in the community or what kind of talks did you actually give? Initially? Yes. Initially we were just introducing Flutter to the people because we thought that it's awesome. Not because we are, you know, we were sellers. We were not sellers of the Flutter, of the Flutter platform. We were the actual consumers. We used it. We liked it. We thought it's cool and Google actually implemented it as advertised. So, you know, whatever Google advertised, it was working like as it is. No, you know, no changes. It was working really cool. So then we were intrigued. Therefore, you know, we were able to tell people that it's cool. So that's how we, we started, you know, giving talks, uh, holding conferences for people in Flutter. So or in our city, we just saw that over the years, people have started, you know, getting better at Flutter. So we started getting into advanced topic talks. So initially we were giving um, beginner level talks, introducing Flutter, how to set up, how to run, how to create UI, stuff like that. Then after some time, we, uh, we started telling people how to integrate Google Maps, how to get into database, how to get into Firebase, how to get, you know, into API calling, stuff like that. And then to state management as well. So that's how we, you know, did it. it. It all depends upon the feedback that you get. If you get the feedback from the community that, yeah, the person who came in the last event is there again in the next event. That means we have retention and that means the person is now a little advanced. So we should, you know, go for the higher, higher, you know, topic. So that's how we did it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I think it's good to, to, to start off that way. I think even. Sadly, it's really weird because like to me and you, I feel like Flutter is very mature, very much like everybody knows about it. But in some communities, like you notice, people just don't know about it. Uh, especially out here, people don't really know about it at all. If you say the word Flutter, they have no idea. Um, so yeah, maybe, yeah, doing some initial kind of like, hey, this is what it is and this is why you should do it. Like the code along. I remember when I did some um, very small meetups over here. I just would say, okay, you know, shout out. Oh, you want a button? Okay, what color do you want the button? And I would just live code this thing as they're kind of shouting stuff out. And they were just like, wow, that's really easy. And the code is very easy to read. And the whole audience is brand new to coding, you know. And it's also funny too, because the best quote unquote uh, Flutter developer, uh, I would say, is designers. That's been at least my thing. Like I just let them go at it. I just show them button and how you change the button colors and container all these things and then they just start whipping up stuff and like for some reason 
the designers are just better at making very beautiful UIs, you know, maybe it's because they have that designer sense. Uh, but like, you know, uh, most designers, like they stay away from code, even HTML, CSS, but for some reason they just take to this like a duck to water. It's really interesting to watch them go, go ahead and go at it. Yeah. All right. So you start writing your, your articles, right? Uh, I'm kind of curious about like when you're making these notes. Uh, so you said initially these notes were for you, right? These kind of things like today I learned kind of notes that you were making. No, no. Blog articles? No, it's not, it wasn't like, not like that. It was like uh, whatever I was, you know, for suppose it goes like this. I, I came into a problem and then I tried to solve that problem and it was not on the Google. It was not, you know, it, nobody ever came, you know, around it before. It took me four days to solve the problem. So now I know the steps that are required to solve it. So now it won't take, you know, four days for me to solve it because I know exactly all the steps that we need to perform. Write this code, write that code, change this thing, change that thing, download this, go for go there, go there, step one, two, three, four. So what I did all the four days that I did, I know what the steps are. I just write that down in an article and post it so that somebody else, you know, when he or she comes around the problem, so, you know, they, they don't get to spend all the four days solving it. So that was the initial motivation. Can you name a couple of um, problems that you solved? Because I'm trying to imagine how, like, if it's a bunch of steps, like to me, that would sounds like something very uh, niche in particular, maybe very specific to a specific problem. But, uh, you know, maybe you can give me an idea about what kind of problems that you are writing solutions for. Okay, so initially, like, uh, I, I have the whole Medium um, profile in which I've written a lot of articles. So initially, you know, it, it's like what sort of problems people, you know, face usually. So if somebody is starting Flutter right now, so probably most of the problems they are facing, they are going to be, they are going to have answers on, on the internet for that. You, they won't, you know, they won't struggle with that because they, people have already matured in Flutter. So all the initial problems, they are going to be solved for that. So what I did was, Whenever I got into a problem, I Googled it. You know, it, there was, there was no such thing as, you know, with, with my problem. So for, for example, in the initial days, there used, there used to be a lot of issues with, uh, iOS, you know, publishing stuff. So people, you know, get got very confused in publishing apps to iOS stores. And, you know, I just want to say, first of all, there's still a lot of problems with publishing, right? Because Apple always says, mm, nope, this is not good. Oh, no, this one. No, we can't do that. <laughs> Sorry for breaking in, but just remind me of that. Yeah. So we, we still have a lot of problems, but you know, they, they, and now it's like they are going, they are, you know, uh, pretty understandable. So what the problem is, they, when you, when you encounter a problem now, you know, the problem is pretty much, uh, explanatory and there are a lot of explanations in that problem. So you know that where to look for, but initially, you know, they were, they were just rejecting. And, you know, even before uploading, there are a lot of problems, how to, you know, sign stuff like that. So, and keep, keep, you know, things keep changing, you know, day to day. So that, that was something that I figured out. And, uh, one of the problems regarding publishing stuff that I figured out for Xamarin specific, you know, because Xamarin has all the code in C sharp. So there was some, a little problem in publishing stores, uh, related to Xamarin that I figured out in, in a couple of days. And then I wrote an article for that. So it is just like, uh, similarly for Flutter, I wrote an article, uh, which was called, uh, callbacks and uh, custom widgets and callbacks. So, you know, I initially people were very uh, struggling very hard to understand what callbacks are, how to use them, how to create a custom widget, you know, just like we use list style, we have on press a callback, which, which, you know, uh, gives us the on tap functionality. So something like that, you know, I tried to explain it in an article and in a YouTube video. So that's what I did uh, as an example for Flutter. Okay. Um, and so after you wrote a bunch of these articles, you said then you got contacted, right? People kind of came up to you. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember what you said. Okay. Yeah. Uh, after I wrote some articles, then, you know, people started responding and, you know, they, they told me that, yeah, you're, going, you're doing good work. And, you know, it was a profile that was being maintained. You know, there were views. People don't, people didn't actually contact me or told me that you are doing good or write more articles. No, I just wrote them, you know, irrespective of the feedback that I got. So 
uh, when when you know that guy approached me from from the GDG, he told me that you know you need these 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 things in order to become a GDE. So I just showed him my profile that you know I I used to write some articles. He said that's that's a lot of them. You know you can just go for the GDE thing directly because when you know when a person wants to be a GDE, they 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 see they check their own profile whether they have enough impact, they have enough articles or not. I already had that. So you know that that's how I went into that. Okay, but um, kind of going back to the to the main topic, right? These articles also got you noticed by Pact, right? Um, I don't think so. Pact noticed me from the articles. They noticed me from LinkedIn. So I was pretty active on LinkedIn. You know, community stuff, posting about Flutter. You know, posting my articles on LinkedIn, and you know. Uh, I also have been speaking a lot of at a lot of conferences, both local and international. So I used to post about that as well. So then you know, Pact approached me from LinkedIn. Oh, so basically, you you were getting approached because you're you're basically like an influencer, right? Uh, sort of, yeah. Okay, because what I usually hear from people is like, uh, you know, if you're writing a lot about a certain topic, then a publisher will notice that, and then they'll say, "Oh, this guy, you know, he can write. Let's let's get him aboard because." Now everybody can write, right? Especially, uh, I don't think English is your first language, right? No, it's not my first. Writing in a second or third or fourth language, I don't know what which it is in your in your case, takes a lot of effort, right? Yeah, yeah. So English is my second language, and you know, I I maybe back, you know, they researched on me. Maybe they they did some research because I used to mention all the articles as well in my LinkedIn profile. All the medium articles that I ever wrote, I always post about them on my Twitter and LinkedIn. So maybe you know, just for the verification, they might have got into my medium profile, saw how I you know write articles. Maybe that would have motivated them. Maybe because I just like you said, you know, the publishers don't u- usually approach people by just influence. They they actually see that whether this guy can write or not. So maybe they jumped into my medium. Uh, I mean, it it kind of depends, but I think you have to have at least some kind of following, right? Because, I mean, there's, in my opinion, there's there's at least two things that sell a book. One, of course, is the topic, and I think state management alone in Flutter is already a very interesting topic, especially if you cover different ones and how they kind of work. That I think would be very popular because everybody wants to know which one's the best, and they just want to know in general. Um, and then the second one is that if you have a following, that sells, right? So Obama, he wrote a book. He's in a good spot. He's in a good spot, right? So Clinton wrote a book. She's probably in a good spot. I think Bill Clinton also wrote one too. You know, all these famous people, they retire and then they write a book and then they get like a million bucks in just in royalties. It's crazy. Sometimes even before it's even published. Uh, we can even talk about like, you know, Spotify paid like I think $100 million to I think Prince Harry and his wife to do a podcast, which they are in the process of still trying to do. So they even got paid before they even set up everything. So if you're coming with an audience, it's even more valuable, right? So it kind of depends. So I can I can see that you have two, you know, you have a little bit of a following, plus you also have a uh, you know some writing samples, which lets them know you know this guy can write something. Um, okay, so like they connected with you on LinkedIn. Like, what kind of message was it? Was it just hey, we're you know I'm X from Pact, and we're interested in seeing if you're interested to write a book, or kind of what was the the, the message? Yeah, it was just like that. Like, hey, this is me from Pat, and we want to write a book on state management. You know, do you do you want to do it? That's that for the initial message. That's it. Then I told them that hey, I don't know how to write a book. Not even you know, not even months. I've not written a book in my life. And then they started you know, they started telling me that we'll help you out. You just have to write all the technical stuff that you use to write, just like medium articles. You just need to write them. And that's all you want. We want you to do. We'll we'll take care of everything else. That's how you know they told me to do it. So uh, for some reason, I keep getting this vibe or this feeling from you that you're one of the few people who wrote a book who uh, doesn't seem doesn't seem to seem like it's a big deal or not big deal, but that it was a big pain. I don't know. Everybody I talk to is like, please don't don't write a book. It's too painful. It's a very difficult process. But you seem like it's okay for you. Like, or am I misunderstanding? Like was it was it painful for you or was it actually pretty simple? Till today, like till right now, I did I never knew that writing a book is a pain like for other authors. Like I, you just told me that you have 
uh, talk to other authors who 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 says that no don't write a book it's painful but no it was not painful for me uh, i enjoyed it maybe because probably because i could manage it well maybe i, I don't i don't know like there there could be a lot of reasons why i enjoyed it and why you why i am giving a vibe of not being a big deal but uh, uh, if if you know if people must must want to know that how how i wrote it so that's what i told it in the last a uh, couple of podcasts as well in 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 conferences as well so what i did was i uh, i didn't write it every day so that's what i did i didn't write it every day i i picked up parts of the book and i i told myself that i need to finish it on the weekend so that's what i did you know people can have a different approaches but uh, i used to take out time on the weekend and then i just complete one single part or single chapter or you know two chapters or whatever you know whatever the case is since yeah one more reason could be i am a flutter developer i have been writing book i have been writing you know medium articles of lady i know how to you know insert code into the in, in between how to insert screenshots stuff like that so maybe you know that that uh, was an addition to to the comfortability that i had while writing a book but no it was it was not painful um, you know it was not as painful as you know as you are sounding right now so no it's it's what it was not that bad um yeah i don't know i think there's a couple of things that make it painful like one is that sitting down for long periods of time and trying to pound out uh stuff takes time coming up with examples takes time um trying to tell your you know conveying the main point of what you're trying to say takes time right and like let's just take all the other like let's take all the creative parts that i just mentioned out of the equation when you submit your stuff to the publisher and they come back with edits that can also take time i don't know how many rounds you had for for this um so you know that all this stuff all just takes time and i think you know you also have to find time too and you seem quite young i don't i don't know if you're if you have a family yet but you know a lot of the authors i talk to have families so uh you know especially a lot of them for some weird reason seem to just have a kid around the same time so they just just had a newborn baby the first one or second one and they think it's a good time to write a book and it's just not it's just not it just takes a lot of effort right so it depends right so i mean for you like i said to me you're one of the few people out there who was just like no it was it was fine but for most people i talk to no they just say no it, you know i need to you know like it depends on your writing process so you're saying like your writing process is you basically just did on the weekends only right yeah so uh, i had a lot of edits as well so if you if you say that i just submitted and then you know edits can come back and reviews come back from from other authors as well because people people have to review it technically as well and then the publishers have to review it according to the format as well according to the language the language that i use so yeah uh, almost all the things that i wrote and submitted to the publisher they all came back with edits yes they they definitely came back with a lot of edits but i never uh, i never got bored of it or i never got you know i never took it to my ego that why you know why is, is this person you know telling me that this this is wrong and this i should not write this and i should not write that yeah, i i saw it as an improvement so because because this was one opportunity that came to me so people the people most of the people i think that they used to write books and they used to you know uh, write stuff and then take to publishers and then ask them to publish so therefore maybe maybe that could be a reason they are you know and they are getting bored or they are getting you know uh hectic it gets hectic for them this was an opportunity for me that came to me so i obviously you know uh take took it as an opportunity and you know uh, it was a cool thing for me like i didn't go to them they come to, they came to me so it was obviously a, an encouragement for me so therefore maybe i am not you know uh, very very much bored or you know fed up of it okay um so uh, I do want to ask one more thing, right? So you did this on the weekends. You you didn't really stress about it. Um, I mean, when you actually did sit down to write it, like, was it was the ideas already there, or were you just sitting in a chair and then like kind of writer's block for a moment and then had inspiration and then start typing, or were you just like you sat down and then just started blasting away at the keyboard and you just had everything going? 
इट वॉज बोथ एट सर्टन टाइम्स आई हैड आइडियाज ऑन माई माइंड ऑलरेडी एंड दो आइडियाज केम टू मी वेन आई वॉज डूइंग अदर स्टफ लाइक रैंडम स्टफ वॉकिंग नो ड्राइविंग समथिंग लाइक दैट सो दोज आइडियाज केम टू माई माइंड एट दैट टाइम एंड सम ऑफ दैम यू नो वेन वेन आई एम राइटिंग समथिंग दैट इज क्रिटिकल और समथिंग दैट इज फिलोसॉफिकल और समथिंग दैट यू नो दैट आई नीड टू एक्सप्लेन इन इन गुड इंग्लिश टू द रीडर्स दैट टू यू नो लिटिल टाइम एंड देन यू नो आई जस्ट सेट डाउन राइट सम स्टफ एंड देन आई गॉट अ वॉक अ लिटिल बिट आइडिया स्कीम अगेन एंड देन आई सेट डाउन सो इट वॉज यू नो अ मिक्स ऑफ बोथ बट या इट वॉज इट वॉज लाइक दैट ओके ओके इट्स गुड टू हियर um why don't we actually start talking about your your book in general right um actually i just have one last question how long did it actually take you to complete this book was it i mean at least a year right or did it take longer than that it took me 7 months 7 to 8 months oh i was sure like at least a year but okay 7 months it's still some time it takes time right yeah so that's interesting yeah. but it's only like 300 pages i think so it's not that thick so i okay makes sense still 7 months is some time Um but all right let's start talking about the book right so um the book is about yeah how to manage your data with how to manage your your state with uh programmatically so what does that actually mean like how would you actually describe this uh so pragmatic means uh the word pragmatic means you know you you do it differently so the whole book is about how differently you can manage your states and the whole basic idea is to learn what's inside the box in order to be able to think outside the box that's the whole crux of the book so you need to know all the different you know all not all maybe most of the famous uh, state management techniques that are there out there and then you need to understand them and then you need to know how do they work so that you can know where to use them that's that's it that's the whole you know one liner for the book okay Uh which state managers do you actually go over? So I believe I saw Riverpod and Block. Uh that's using Flutter Block, right? Yeah. So I went for Block, Riverpod, Provider, Mobex, and GetX and uh, GetIt. Maybe yeah, GetIt, yeah. Uh inherited widget, inherited model and uh I yeah, maybe one more. Uh okay, I see. All right. Um So is there like an order of like how do you order your book and in in terms of like uh you know where you start off at so I'm guessing you probably start off with the stateless widget then you go to stateful and then like what's the prog- what's the progression that you go in because I'm guessing you have to have some type of progression like what is the 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 journey the map So basically I didn't I didn't go from stateless to stateful I started off with stateful because this was about state management so and and i specifically mentioned in the book that this book is for people who already know flutter so the people who already know flutter must know about stateless and stateful widgets so we were just you know we, i started off with set state you know that base most basic you know technique i started off with set state and then i moved to inherited widget inherited model and then you know the famous ones uh, the block the provider and then their variations the river pod and the uh qubit and then you know the traditional distinctive you know people have written like getx getit uh binder stuff like that so basically you know this was how it went okay um how did you come about choosing which state management solutions you wanted you wanted to actually go over i think you, you like you said you chose basically uh the top ones i would say in terms of popularity um but like uh, mobx to me is not i mean is that one really popular i don't know i'm just trying to think about how you actually went through and chose which one do you want to show off okay so basically what i did was uh, i chose the most popular ones yeah and then you know i i i just researched a bit and looked around for uh, techniques that were mentioned you know by flutter people as well by the community by the gdes so everything you know that was mentioned by someone you know someone authentic i just thought of picking that up so mobex was one of like i am using mobex in my company right now So and one more thing this this is a very important thing i always tell people the state management is not the entire application it's a very very small part of your application the whole you know the whole idea is behind the good architecture that you write so if you lay down a very good architecture so state management is one part of it 
So you you can do any sort of state management with that as long as you write good code. So you can write a very bad, a very messy app using a very good state management, and you can write a very good extraordinary app using a very bad state management. You know it can be both ways. So it it's all about the the way how you code, the principles, the coding principles that you use. So state management is you know just one part where you you just manage how the state changes how the reactions you know how application responds to reactions that's it other than that you know it's all about architecture layering down all the stuff so uh, it's it's all and i i wrote that in the book as well so yeah it's it's about the architecture besides the uh author asking you to write this i'm kind of curious because i i don't quite hear it um which is like what would what drives you to actually write this book i mean cuz people can ask you to write a book about anything any topic, right? But I mean, you have to say yes. Okay, I think this is good for me to work on. Like, what was it that you're getting out of this? Like, are you just trying to show people the, the different types of state management, or like, what is it that you're trying to prove? Because by your last statement, with you saying it's a very small part of the app, you know, you know, I'm trying to say like, what is it that you're getting out of this by showing and writing this book? Okay, so uh, like I said, I've been working for the community since last. you know 4 5 years and i've been writing articles i've been writing a lot of stuff so uh, i do, i don't i don't do it like i don't do it as a business so that's that's the main part of the of the deed so it's it's a little philosophical uh, so it's it's all about if you if you are doing a good deed and 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 you are expecting something in return that means it's not a good deed it's a business so you know i i believe in that sort of philosophy so it's it's basically i i didn't wanted anything from it i didn't wanted to show people that i can write a book or i didn't want to show that you know a book can be written on state management you know it could be it could have been any topic that could have been suggested by me to the by by publishers to the me to me uh, it could have been any topic but the whole idea was that it was flutter and i had worked on it i was confident that i could write it and maybe if somebody came up with with an idea of me writing a book on a topic that i don't know anything about i could i might have said no because you know uh, this was something that i was writing a book for the very first time and the the reason that i said yes was because i knew the topic you know i i have been given talks on state management previously as well people have been asking me questions about state management as well previously so this was you know uh, a little bit of the reason why i said yes because i already knew the topic and now if someone comes up to me and he says that we you want to write a book and for for some weird topic so yeah i might say yes now because i know i actually know how to how the book is written and how to interact with the publishers what it's a process so i know the whole domain process of the book writing so now i can go for a new topic which i don't know about but at that time i could not have done that okay um so this book uh, again is for people who uh want to get more in depth about state management right so you talk about you know how to use each one pros and cons i suppose okay um is there anything else in the book that you know that people should know that's in it so they know it's this book is for them or not uh yeah i just i i think i i have told almost everything like a uh, you need to you need to be able to like this book also makes you learn how to how to read documentation how to read stuff related to integrating a new package so you know you just go to the packages you know the package home page you integrate the package you learn about it you look on the example code then you you know pick it up you integrate into your into your application this is the whole journey that you know that most of the time you will be looking at in, when you read the book so when you read the book you just like go for the first chapter okay first chapter is introduction what is the state how why we are reading this why this book is written what is the main you know motive of writing this book then the second chapter we are going to start with set state okay set state what is set state why do we need to have it how how set state works and then creating a sample application from set 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 state uh, state management and then you know going down that path and then inherited model inherited widget all the state management techniques and example apps of all the techniques that are written you know in in the book so this is how it goes like first of all you you code an example application using all the techniques that are described in the book and then in the second part you start 
to build a shopping cart application like not a whole fully fledged application but a little shopping cart feature of application where you add items to the cart and they are reflected you know over the over all the over the whole application so then again starting from the very beginning set state you start creating a fully fledged shopping cart application from set state and then moving down to all the other you know uh, techniques that were discussed above using the example apps so first of all example apps and then shopping cart application using all techniques this is how it the book goes all right um yeah so i think the the book overall seems to be really interesting um i need to take some time to actually crack it open and read it it's definitely up my alley because i find state management to be very interesting topic just because there's just so many ways to do it and sometimes i question if i'm doing from using the right the right one because i think it kind of depends on you know how you architecture your app like we talked about and uh you know how the how your mindset goes uh things like that um yeah so is there anything else you wanted to mention uh about uh, about the book or about anything else uh maybe one last thing like whenever like this is for general community general developer community people who are into entrepreneurship people who are into building solutions this is for everyone so whenever a client comes to you or whenever someone comes to you with a solution like with a problem that you want to that he want to build a certain app a certain solution a certain product so you should not try to fit the technology that you know into that product you should not do that the product should drive the technology the technology should not drive the product so whatever the product's requirement is the technology should be chosen based on that and similarly goes with state management if you come down to state management whatever your product is whatever your sort of application is that application should decide what state management to use neither it should not go this way that i know block so now i'll put block in every application that's not how it goes this will get you in trouble this will get everyone in trouble so this is one one good thing that i learned um, by being in the community and in around tech people so you should you know you should not try to fit what you know into everything you should try to learn what the requirement is so that's how it goes but i think no matter what everybody's going to have a bias right so you know i mean what if what if the the product somehow fits xamarin better than flutter would you actually drop flutter instead and go to xamarin yeah so in this example you know we we should research with the market like what's the market is what people are doing and what the pros and cons of the technology so if xamarin is better than flutter in a certain you know in a certain sort of use case then yeah you should go with xamarin but i don't think so that <laughs> there would be any case where xamarin would be better than flutter because it's it's all about you know user experience developer experience which is you know which flutter has already uh, gotten into and you know there are some use cases where you you have the decision straight away you don't need to think about it but there are some th- some places where you need to think about it so it depends on the you know case to case cool um okay i think i have basically one last question for you so well, i usually have another question but it sounds like so one of my questions i usually ask at the end is you know which state management solution that you like to use it sounds like you like to use mobx is that right uh no <laughs> I, oh, really? I don't like, you, but you're using Mobex. That's why I thought yes. maybe that's your favorite. Yeah, I'm using Mobex in my company. But as I said, the the application that we're building in my company that is a very huge application. Like that's that's a blockchain based application. So we have a lot of domain work in that. So state management doesn't really matter. We can we could have used any of the state management techniques. But yeah, I I try to uh, I try to somehow see that if block. or provider are going to work in a certain application because block you know you can have the control of a streams using block and you can use you know block for non stream purposes as well you know block is you know the the bigger part with the bigger thing in state management so i try to see that if block or provider you know they can they can you know fit into the application or not and if if they both can't then i you know just choose something that that fits the application So in in smaller applications, simple API calls, nothing fancy, simple UI. You can you know use provider. I I usually go with provider when I'm going for shorter applications. But like I, if there are a lot of state management, there are a lot of user interactions, and you know 
places where you know you just tap on small things and whole application is changing you know i i prefer you know some heavy state management like blog or something like that i guess my final question would just be uh you know this is, should be easy question for you do you have any uh tips tricks or warnings you want to give to any types of uh beginners out there who are just starting their further journey uh yeah i i sh- i should say that it's not about the framework like you should not like all the people all the young people who are you know learning technology and learning frameworks they should not go for learning flutter specifically they should learn the computer science concepts the object oriented programming the algorithms the logic building because it's just syntax you know it it's all about syntax previously you know around a couple a couple of years ago it was java it was android native it was xamarin and now it's flutter so it's just a framework change so maybe after 5 years you know we have something new so we should you know all the young students all the people who are learning tech they should not stick to one framework they should try to learn concepts and then they can learn any framework within very less period of time so that's what you know i should i should ask the people to do and with that i think that's that's great um so uh yeah if you guys are interested in his book you can get it at uh pact i think pact's website is pact.com um you can probably also get it on amazon i bought mine on amazon um i got it on on kindle before i actually pre-ordered it so it came delivered um uh, just like every book i have it just goes to my queue and i never get to it <laughs> but hopefully i can crack this one open because it definitely relates to my my daily work as i mentioned in the podcast earlier that we work on flutter apps for clients and so it is important to me to check this one out um yeah and in any case uh yeah is there anything else you want to say before we sign off uh no i guess like it's it's really cool that you know once again uh, i have been approached by a podcast person so it's really cool and i really thank you for that because i'm not the sort of person who you know who is into podcasts or youtubing or video video stuff so i don't really know how much you know how much of the podcasters are there and how much of the people you know follow this kind of stuff so it's really cool that i i i i i'm being approached by people so thank you so much for approaching me and you know giving me this chance to express the whole journey of the book uh, so it's really cool thank you so much yeah i thank you i thank you for writing the book and uh, thank you for making time for this i know it's you know some people have very busy schedules but it seems like you're you're pretty relaxed although you're doing lots of things so i'm i'm happy you can uh, make the time for this no issues thank you so much thank you okay thank you so uh maybe we'll have you on again in the future thank you yes of course bye